Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have Mr. Roy Price of Unity Fitness coming to you from Newark, Ohio. Roy, what's going on, my man? How are you? How you doing, Joe? It's a beautiful I'm doing day. very, very well. I am. I'm excited to get into this. I'm excited to pick your brain. Roy and I got the chance to to chat a little bit before starting this recording, and it sounds like there's been a whole bunch of evolutions of this business over the years. For context, before we get into the nitty gritty of, of what you do day to day, Roy, why don't you tell people listening a little bit about this? If you were to describe the business to somebody who wasn't familiar, how do you break down what you do? Well, I would say um, we're a community-based, family-oriented fitness center that's all-encompassing. So whatever you're into fitness-wise, we have it available. Uh, We believe that's just the best way to reach a broader group of people who may not be comfortable going into your typical gym environment. And uh, what we bring here at Unity that's different from other fitness centers is the environment, is the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, everywhere has weights, everywhere has benches, but do you have the atmosphere that make people feel comfortable when they walk in the door so that way they keep returning? Because, you know, it takes time to get those kind of results. And if people aren't comfortable coming to your facility again and again and again on a daily basis, then it kind of uh, defeats the purpose. So we try to provide that atmosphere and that environment. Yeah, man, I hear you. And, and I think needed now, more than ever is this type of service and this type of environment, as you allude to. I said that, that this evolved a couple of times. And so I think that's an interesting place for us to spend some time here on this interview. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how this first got started and then a couple of the stops along the way to where we get to today? Okay. Well, um, how it first got started was I started off in the financial sector. So. Okay. This isn't my first business that I've ran. Uh, the problem I ran to in the financial sector was, you know, a moral and ethical dilemma. Once you get so high up, I you, see. Have, you have, a, have a decision to make. And you, once you understand how things truly work, it's, it was either, you know, sell my soul or find something else to do. So at that point, I started looking for other businesses to get into. Um, I have a degree in sociology. Always wanted to open up my own school. So first I started off with financial education. Then I went to mental health education with you at risk youth and did that for a few years. And then, uh, you know, (laughs) this business started with me working, working out and people asking me questions. Yeah. You were the client. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I was, I was just that guy at the gym that people came up to and they kept asking me questions and it got to the point where these same group of ladies were asking me the questions every single day. And they said, won't you just train us? We'll pay you. I said, why not? So I got, uh, I got certified as a personal. I'm not against making money. Sure. Yeah. 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 So it kind of just happened organically. I got certified as a personal trainer and that's where, um, the business side of me kind of kicked in because just like anybody else, once you get certified, you, you first thing you do naturally is go to the gyms and you say, Hey, I'm certified. You know, are you hiring? And they take you through the process. Everyone's different. I went all over uh, to the Columbus area. 
And what I found was they were providing a facility. They were going to, they had people coming in the door, but I was still doing all the work, but they were taking a large majority of the money. Yep. And starting off, you know, as a trainer, it's not a, it's not a lucrative business in the beginning until you get the client base, until you get the reputation, until you get your knowledge base and you actually start producing results. Yeah. Well, I was confident enough in my abilities with myself. I said, I'm gonna cut out the gyms altogether. <laughs> and I made, I took a business, I said, where's a market that needs help? And um, it was the people who weren't comfortable going to the gym. So I started an in-home training service where I came to your home, trained you there with what I could use in the trunk of my car and uh, started off doing it that way. Then from there, uh, I just linked up with a guy um, who had a private personal training studio. And slowly but surely we developed a relationship and I did start training just a few people out of this facility. And over time began to train more and more people in the facility to the point where it was no longer financially profitable for me to be traveling around to people's homes when I had a studio that I could train people out of. Right. So they can there, come to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, the gas prices started getting crazy at one point, uh, you know, a few years ago. So it was just, you know, a better financial decision to start training people in the studio. So there were a couple other trainers um, in that studio. So we all kind of split the costs mm -hmm. and, you know, we were like, we need a bigger facility. And we start looking around and lo and behold, we found uh, a place where a gym used to be. So it was already set up. Showers start going off. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we could we could just kind of hermit crab right into this 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 space. And uh, so I started off with my, myself and two other uh, personal trainers, and you know that's where the name Unity came from because we're all coming together, unified our personal training businesses to open up a full blown fitness center, and. Uh, you know, things happened and then now I'm the sole owner of the business, but we're five years into it and uh, here we are. Yeah. And so if I'm to summarize the resume there a little bit, it doesn't sound like we quite anticipated owning a gym one day, but oh, no. step by step by step, we found our way here yeah. Yeah. and you're still here five years later. So you must be doing something right. I mean, yeah. It's it's going decently from a high level. Give me kind of as you step back and look at, at where we've come from, what's been your favorite part about running a business like this? And what's been the hardest part about running a business like this? By far, by far the best part about running a business like this is having the opportunity to reach more people and help more people. You know, when you're doing a when you're a personal trainer, you're working with that client, that's one person. And yeah, there may be some trickle down, some, you know, maybe they're uh, a mother and they now they start eating healthy. So that trickles down to their children who are eating a better diet and living a healthier lifestyle. But with the full blown fitness center with, uh, you know, over 500 members, um, we're able to reach a lot more people. Yeah, help the opportunity a lot is much bigger. Yeah, so yeah. it's a lot bigger, to, it's a lot easier to, to reach more people. And, you know, when you're in this, when you're in the fitness industry, the first thing you have to have is uh, love for helping the people. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> because there, 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 there are going to be times, you know, financially where it's tough. And if you don't have that passion for it, you're not going to make it. Um, 
You're not going to make got a whole bunch of gym owners that listen to this podcast, man. They know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. It's yeah, this is a, a unique market and it has the, the unique kind of noble intentions mm-hmm. of wanting to help people. And on the, the scale of all the way on the right, all we care about is dollars and cents, screw everybody and up anything else. And on the other side, we want to help anybody and everybody damn to my bank account, whatever happens. Yeah. Gotta find the, happy best, the best gym owners are usually somewhere in the middle, right? We need yeah. some influence of both. Yeah. 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 Pe- people don't, people don't care how much, you know, they want to know how much you care. So that's what I was talking about with providing the proper environment where people feel comfortable, you know, the, the, the corporate structure gyms. And I, like I said, I don't talk bad about anybody, but the corporate structure gyms are owned by, corporations and the <laughs> main goal of the corporation is to make a profit they don't necessarily care um you know about it, the individual people who comes in their their success their failures their goals their dreams you know their issues that they're dealing with they they don't have that personal connection we, yeah. we here, here we like to say there was an old show um back in the 80s and 90s called cheers where everybody Everyone knows, knows your name yeah. So that's what we, that's the kind of environment that we provide here. You come, if you come here, you know, the people who come around that same time, they know your name, they know what you're into, they'll high five you, you know, yeah. give you words of encouragement, you know, so. Yeah, I think you, you alluded to the, the big box, the commercial space, whatever brand or company suits you in this conversation, their ideal client is somebody that signs up forgets that they signed up and then never, never come. Yeah. For you guys, it sounds like we want people to actually utilize the service that they right. sign up for, which is important here. And so yeah, flip that around, Roy. Right? What's been what's the been big the boxes, the big boxes are the big boxes are important too because what they provide is uh free marketing and they provide an entry point. So at some point, you know, they, they someone says they want to get into fitness, they go to the big box gym. But then they come meet to our gym and they're like, wow, this is yeah, way it's, a, it's a comparison. Yeah. yeah. They're like, wow, this is great. This is this is way different than what I've ever been to before. I love this place. I love the people here. So um, you asked about the difficult part of the business is, uh, you know, um, starting. Oof. <laughs> the, you know, understanding that there's a process to building to building memberships. So especially when you're talking about um, personal training and a membership style gym, you know, yeah. you, 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 these people sign up one at a time and it takes time in order to start day one to five years later where um, you have enough members to be able to start doing some different things. Yep. And, and so not a unique challenge. I think everybody in the industry faces that in some capacity. So you mentioned earlier, 500 members is where we currently sit. Is there a goal in mind? Hey, I want to get to X amount for you. To I think, I think, I think realistically we can support, um, about a thousand members. Okay, and so I, and plenty I, and of, I, plenty of opportunity here. Yeah, yeah. And I say that because, um, I think about at that point, it would become overcrowded and we would lose that personal feel of being able to connect with each individual member. So, yeah, that matters here. So a thousand is the number. 
maybe give or take a few, who knows, a better estimate once we get closer to that. But I want to pick your brain on how we go about doing that, right? You mentioned the big box competitor, is it free marketing? And a lot of the people that leave that flow to us, sure. Um, But what are you guys doing for marketing to try to attract that second? Well, obviously, obviously the, the, the big one that, you know, is, is relatively new, um, is marketing through social media. Um, paper mediums are, you know, there's only, there's a small demographic. Yeah. There's a small demographic that, that pick up a newspaper, um, more and more people are watching less and less actual television. So, you know, your YouTubes, your, uh, your social medias have kind of taken over. I mean, I have, I have children, they don't watch, they've never watched network television, you know, but they can watch YouTube videos all day. So, um, really we've, we haven't had, we've got to this point without doing paying for any marketing. Oh, interesting. All, okay. All, all grassroots, all word of mouth. We're in, I'm in a town here of about 55,000. And then there's another small town um, that we're joined to. But um, it's all been word of mouth. It's all been grassroots. So the people yeah. here, the people here, good people know other good people. So at what point in time do you think it would make sense for you to, to get into something like that? What do you mean? Marketing? So yeah, to, to, to pour some gasoline on the fire, if you will, you mentioned now. social media, pay for yeah. pay per click or different yeah. avenues like yeah, that. Yeah, not now, now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's something that we've at least been thinking about so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. How that'll look, I suppose, to be determined. We'll have to check back with you in the future, I guess. But right. walk us through what we do with those leads, Roy. When somebody reaches out to you, you mentioned that we have to sign them up one by one couldn't be more truthful but walk me through what that sales process happens to be what is the conversation about who are they speaking with for them to eventually sign up so when someone calls let's say someone um googles gems sees it facebook post um and wants to come or just heard about it wants to come check out the facility so we're a private club so that you have to have a security card to be able to get in but once someone's here um one of myself or one of the trainers will do, give them a tour. Um, we'll sit down, we'll walk them around the facility. We'll talk to them about what their goals are. You know, what are they looking for? Cause everyone's different. Um, some people come in and they're like, well, you know, I just need to train for a marathon. You know, I'm just looking for some treadmills. So there's no point in spending a bunch of time talking to them about the free weights. Some people want to bodybuild. Some people want to look for classes. Some people are looking for personal training. So, quickly assess what the individual is looking for in your, from your facility and then mm-hmm. show them how you can help them reach that goal. You know, no, everybody's busy. You don't want to waste a bunch of oh, time yeah. up there. It's irrelevant to them. Is a lot of that process, does it flow through you or do we have other people on the team that chip into that? A lot of it flows through me, flows through me, but we also have um, 11 trainers here who work here. Yeah. So, so, so somewhat by committee, but I, yeah. I, I always like to ask because as someone who comes from other industries natively than fitness, fitness, we get this, this dirty connotation and, and sales people kind of back away a little bit. What's yeah. your, your general feeling on sales and what we do? Well, 
I was in the sales background. Like I said, I did financial <laughs> sales. And from that industry, you learn that everything is sales. From the moment you walk in the door, what I'm selling is the facility, but I'm also selling myself. I'm also selling the environment. So um, I guess it's people have to get away from the negative connotation that sales is dirty or sales is grimy. If you believe in your product, if you believe in your service, then uh, sales becomes a lot easier. You know, yeah. if you're being authentic with people, if you're actually here to actually help people reach their goals, as opposed to just sign them up for the membership. If you're not looking at them as a dollar sign. That's an that's, important point here. Yeah, as a real person that really has goals and problems and issues, then, you know, sales becomes, you know, that's it, the easy part. Yeah, the, the conviction in what you do carries through for sure. And so you've been doing this for five years, Roy. In your opinion or in your experience, what influences retention in a model like this more than anything? What do you guys do to focus on keeping these members around? Um, like I said before, the, we have very, very high retention from the ind industry standard, especially from the corporate box gyms. So what keeps us, what keeps the retention level high for us is actually being here and talking with the people. Um, people, there used to be a phrase that we used in the financial industry where people will quit on a boss, but they won't quit on a friend. So there are going to be times where these members are struggling with their goals, with their weight, with whatever, with life, and having that personal relationship with them makes them more apt to stick around. Okay, so even if let's say someone isn't you know necessarily vibing with my personality type, there are eleven other trainers here, and I guarantee they're going to connect with you know somebody or the people that they meet here. So um, you know a lot of people have made some great friends outside of in the gym that they've taken those relationships outside of the gym so it becomes more of a family atmosphere yeah and i think that atmosphere is what keeps the client retention high here good okay and for this model i mean the membership is is just one component of it you mentioned some people come looking for group some people come looking for pt at what point in that client journey are you having that conversation to try to steer somebody? Is it at the point of sale or do we kind of let it organically happen after the fact? Um, it, come, it usually comes organically. So when you're, when you're assessing what someone's here for, um, especially if they're a new person to the industry there, they don't really know what they're doing. Obviously I will suggest, Hey, you know, we have a team of trainers. If you're unsure, don't hesitate to ask. You know, there's somebody here who's always here to help you. It doesn't cost you anything to ask a question. So what that allows us to do is, oh, you know, Bobby came. Bobby doesn't know how to use a machine. The trainer can help him out, start a conversation. And that kind of opens up the avenue for them to kind of sell themselves, sell their service. Um, yep. You know, when they see the value, oh, you know, Travis really knows what he's talking about. So let me ask them about personal training or Travis can pitch them personal training. So yeah. all, all of our, all of our trainers, none of them are employees. Ah, they're, all, okay. I see. They're, all, they're all independent contractors. And so um, what I provide is the facility, the opportunity for them to go make as much money as they want. Because I know I, I came from a personal training background. I know how hard it is to make money doing this. So, um, 
it becomes a mutually reciprocal situation where Are they just paying like rent or something then yeah they just pay rent so they, they you know we have a few different systems set up where someone starting off can pay on a per session basis aha i see okay or eventually you get to a what we call the cap where you've capped out now you can train unlimited yeah amount of clients for an unlimited amount of time and you think it was because of your own anecdotal experience as a trainer that made you decide to go that route. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, the, so that way it's not costing me anything and you, to be a trainer, you have to be a go-getter. And so, you know, I'm not going to sit here and feed someone who's an employee, a bunch of clients and they're not, their heart's not in it. Cause if your heart's not in it, these people are not going to respond to you. You're not going to get results. And it's just a bad look for everybody. So yep. only hustlers, only go-getters, only those people who really have a passion for it are going to be successful. But who am I to deny anyone an opportunity, you know, to get out here and try? Sure. sure. Okay. And so, I mean, our conversation, Roy, has been essentially where do we get leads from? How do we turn them into members and how do we keep them? We've talked about a couple of things beyond that, but that's the crux of our conversation. What's all this for? As you look into the future and plan out the business and, and goals here, what do you see for this business down the road? What's the big picture? The, the big picture um, at one point for, for me was when you understand how important health, wellness, fitness, um, how that whole industry comes together, that eventually things would be subsidized or there'll be some kind of uh, tax breaks given for people who meet certain metrics, kind of like insurance companies, you know, they give you a break when you're a certain level of fit. So long-term I'm thinking that the fitness industry as a whole will be something that's gonna just keep expanding, keep growing as people become more health conscious, more health aware, uh, you know, during the whole pandemic, I think it really opened a lot of people's eyes because you know, there was a certain demographic that weren't having that many problems. And then there was everybody else. And the more fit you are, the less likely you were to have problems. So there's been a huge influx of people coming in who realize now that fitness um, is a good way to prevent not just, you know, your common colds, but, you know, a lot of other preventable diseases that their family members are suffering from, they may be suffering from. And once, once you've helped so many people, overcome those kinds of things. It kind of trickles down to everybody else. So long-term, I think that opening up multiple facilities, um, you know, expanding, like I said, I have, I have children. So providing them with a business to pass along if they want to get into it, building generational wealth through fitness and health and wellness. So it becomes a much grander conversation than we have time for. That's for sure. Sure. But uh, that's a really good place for us to start to wrap up. But like I said, I think that that kind of where do we go beyond location one? We could do an entire interview just in and of itself on that stuff. So we'll have to get oh, you yeah. back in here. We spent 20 minutes talking about any, any one of those individual aspects. Yeah, we'll have to get you back on at some point. For the time that we have left, Roy, why don't you tell people listening where they can learn a little bit more about Unity? What's the best website? Do we have social media? Where can people go? Yeah, Unity Fitness. We're we on Facebook. Uh, Unity.fit is our website. 
Uh, we're on Instagram under Unity, Unity Fitness. We're located in Heath, Ohio, 789 Hebron Road, uh, 43056. Uh, you can call, you can text, you can email. Um, come check us out. We'd love to show you around. That's fantastic, man. I I can't thank you enough. I've had a bunch of fun and, and I always enjoy when business owners are willing to kind of take a deep dive into what they actually do and and what's working and where we're still trying to improve. So I can't thank you enough. Uh, like I said, I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like you still have a couple of cards up your sleeve that we yes, that we to play. So we'll get you back on in the future for today. That's all we got. I wish you nothing but the best, my man. Thanks, Joe. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Jim Lord's podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is N. Swanee from Ontario, Canada. Hey, welcome out to the show. How are you doing today? I'm well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, man, we're definitely excited to have you on today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run your gym, First, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people and what made you want to start the gym in the first place. A great question. Um, our gym, Ferris 360, is in the middle of downtown, uh, middle of Toronto, downtown Toronto. Um, Toronto is a bustling city, you know, 7 million people, multicultural city, uh, financial, business, arts, music, it's a metropolis. So our gym serves people who are, we consider dedicated exercises. Those are people who understand the importance of fitness and health in their overall strategy. So it's not just about how you look. It's also energy to perform at your job, energy to perform in your business, take care of your family, and to overall just enjoy life. So that's Fair 360 in a nutshell. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. So, I mean, what made you want to, you know, even start Ferris 360 in the first place? Uh, I spent about 12 years in a commercial gym as a coach and then eventually as a director of personal training when I had <clears throat> about 30 clubs under my belt and about 150 trainers. Um, through those clubs and trainers, about 1,500 clients. And I had a pretty successful career in a commercial setting, uh, but I was starting to feel like the client service was becoming just standard and not very specialized. And I also felt like we were leaning too much on millennial health or baby boomer health. Mm-hmm. And kind of missing this big gap right in the middle, which is people in their late 20s to early 50s that needed, in my opinion, needed the most support possible with their health and, fit, health and fitness. Mm-hmm. So neighborhood we're in, the city we're in, the services we offer, the trainers we have, it's perfect for somebody who, you know, they're finding success in their career, finding success in their business, maybe have 
one kid, couple kids, uh, maybe a purchaser, a dream house. They're they're doing well, but they're nowhere near like the finish line. They got 20, 30, 40 more years to work. Yeah. And their workout is a big part of their strategy. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, from my experience, too, I've seen that that's kind of always like the missing piece uh, with people who are successful, family, successful career. They have money. They're just missing that that physical and the mental element that comes along with fitness as well. Right. So how did you yourself decide to get started in the fitness industry in the first place? I started off as an athlete. I played every sport you can imagine from the time I was probably three or four years old. Um, I excelled in uh, American football. I actually played in the U.S. in AA, one AA at a school called Penn West in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Okay. So my first goal was to be a pro athlete. Um, you know, injuries and, and talent probably held me back from that happening. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean, when the game ended and closed in 2005 for me, all these other attributes opened up. Like, I realized how much discipline I had from the game, how much my work ethic um, was very different than obviously the average person who hadn't gone through a collegiate athletic experience. The fact that I was used to working out six to 10 hours a week, um, you know, teamwork, uh, giving feedback, receiving feedback, um, hitting assignments. Those are all things that the game gave me that I realized I can quickly transfer those skills into a whole other business. So I actually tried the bank for a while, did well in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, same reason, give me a task, I'll do it. You know, I wake up at 4.30, 5 o'clock anyway. I'm going to be the person in the door. But mm-hmm. the only, only part with the bank that was missing was there was no physical activity. So after two years in the bank, I said, well, what if I took all of these things and went into fitness? Um, and I think that was my biggest um, asset or my advantage, the fact that I had these habits built up from being, you know, a scholarship athlete going into this world. Right, right. That's pretty cool, just kind of leveraging the habits that you've already worked so hard to to build into your lifestyle into you know running a successful business so with that being said and we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier before we got on air you like took over the gym in uh what year was it did you say uh about 2019 yeah i mean so talk to us about that like how was it like taking over a gym and then just kind of making it your own and just kind of adding your own ideas in there yeah it's a good question um I knew coming out of the corporate world, uh, I wasn't, it didn't interest me to build something from the ground up. Not yet. That'll be my next iteration of my next goal in the future. But I knew I wanted to take my skills and apply them to a place that already has some good things going on. So I actually reached out to almost every gym in the city and said, would you take on someone like myself? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll train, I'll clean toilets, I'll work the front desk. And the gyms that responded they already told me what kind of mindset they were in, right? Um, the gym business sometimes can be, well, it's competitive and sometimes yeah. it could be an, e- an ego field place. So, <clears throat> you know, some people saw my resume slide across their desk and they were like, no, 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 I don't want this guy. Um, you know, I'm the boss. It's my operation, right? <laughs> um, but other people said, whoa, this dude has 12 years experience, most of it being in the actual business of fitness, running multi-million dollar budgets. Yes, I want you on my team, right? So, um, you know, that was one of the first things. Who wants to pick up a free agent in, in athletic thinking, right? right? And when I showed up at Ferris, it was right when pandemic was starting. So, again, somebody who's saying, hey, I'm about to go into a hard time with this gym. I don't want to lose it. Let me bring in somebody who 
can help. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the start of the acquisition and it transferred into a full sale about half a year into COVID. So I was looking for someone who understood the value of what I brought to the table and wanted me to bring that into the community. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is a pretty cool, unique, uh, I think that's a very unique story that you have there. Um, okay. So <clears throat> let's say that if I were to fly to your city today, um, and I was looking for a gym, how would I find Ferris 360? Like, how are you guys getting people in the door? And then like, kind of walk me through what that client journey looks like. Yeah, good question. So I think the first thing is you're flying to one of the best fitness cities in the entire world. I mean, Toronto is just so incredibly diverse with our our cultures, our experience, our outlook. So, I mean, in Toronto, there's a gym on every corner, right? Mm -hmm. um, what makes us different is most of our coaches or former athletes are people who are competitive. So what that does for us, it, it creates the culture of wanting to do better and having radical candor or very straightforward conversations based on improvement. Um, sometimes it's a hard conversation, especially when you're helping someone with their habits, but the results speak for themselves because we often hear people say, uh, some of our members, you know, I went to F45 out of town this weekend and everybody in the class asked me if I was like a trainer. And they're like, no, no, I just go to a gym when they make me do things properly, right? Um, our people are in great shape. And that's not just about how they look, but it's just how they move, their respect for their body, understanding recovery, understanding mobility, understanding strength. Mm -hmm. So that's how we that's how we market. Um, our social media will always show people doing things properly, doing things really well. We give a lot of value uh, based on what we consider to be uh, proper fitness in terms of like what to do right or wrong in exercise or mm -hmm. how to target your uh, strategy well in terms of time of year stress we talk a lot about recovery because a lot of the places in the city don't touch on that they just want to hammer you hammer you hammer you so mm -hmm. i would say like if you have been working out and you know that there's a better way or you're not seeing all of your goals we stick out right away even without a huge online following or a huge uh, social media following right we're very authentic in how we show up and you know even touching on diversity we have Everybody from all walks of life, not because it's a mandate that came in, in you know, in 2020. That's because we truly believe that if you're going to serve a diverse population, if you're going to take on a diverse subject like fitness, which has so many different inputs from all over the world, your team needs to reflect that. So yeah, you know, that's who we are, and it, it happens to show really well if you're looking. Right. Right. Okay. So it sounds like you guys are using social media as a as a tool, and also just kind of adding a lot of value there. Um, what are some of the other ways that you're you're getting people into your door consistently? Referrals. So one thing you'll notice if you come to our gym, it always has a really good vibe. Um, we play incredible music. That's actually part of my onboarding process with my coaches. I do ask what they're listening to, what their musical ear is like, because that tells me a lot about their, um, you know, how they take in sounds and how they take in other cultures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So typically people will always be having a good time in the gym. And we just asked. Um, that was one of the most underused stream of client gain when I worked in the corporate space. Mm -hmm. We're just saying, hey, Emily, are uh, you enjoying your session today? Yeah. Do you know anyone else in your network who'd want to enjoy the same <clears> things <throat> you're enjoying? Hey, give me their name. All right. So we do that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, we do that after classes. 
we do that after people hit milestones and their training strategies or their training journey. Um, and it's also cool too. It's like having a party and, and having a, a good party to me is when there's a good group of people, good music, common mm -hmm. thoughts, and mm -hmm. I'm meeting other people that you think are good people and vice versa, right? So referrals are probably the best way for us. Okay, so referrals, social media. Have you guys looked into any type of paid advertisement on Instagram, Facebook? Yeah, we do a little bit. We definitely do a little bit of paid ads on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that's a good way for us just to show what's happening in our gym from from behind, you know, closed doors. We don't have street level uh, setup, so you couldn't walk by and see us. You'll see our sign. We're actually a level below. Mm -hmm. Our our paid ads are a good way for someone to look in to our gym from the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, and we use a lot of email marketing as well. Email marketing, okay. Huh. That's something that's something that I often hear um, gym owners talk a lot about. It's just the the email marketing. Mm -hmm. Um, how is that going for you guys so far? So we have about thirty five hundred people on email list, and. One thing we notice with our members is that they like to read long form, right? In the world of everything going fast, 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 if we send them something that is valuable to them, they'll sit down and read it. And we know that by our click rates and our open rates, stuff like that, right? Yeah. So we always give a value-based email once a week. It could be something as simple as, you know, three tips to increase shoulder mobility or take away back pain. And we make it easy for them to pass it on to somebody else. Yeah. And we go with three, three pieces of value before we ever ask for anything in return. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Leading with value first. Um, so social media referrals, a little bit of paid ads on IG and Facebook and also email marketing. So is this something that you're doing like all yourself or do you have like a team of, of people to help you with that? Good question. So I started off everything myself just so I can understand every single piece of the <laughs> business. Of the last year, it's all been about building teams around. Mm -hmm. So, for example, our content team um, uh, are two people that have uh, been with us for about a year now, but they've been clients for three years prior. So before okay. we even signed an engagement contract, that we made we wanted to make sure they understood what they were doing, so they came into the training with us for a year mm -hmm. before we even did one piece of content. Um, our digital strategy, he's a former colleague of mine who also was a former gym owner, so understands all the ins and outs of the business. Mm -hmm. um you know i have an operations manager front desk team uh custodial team and then obviously fulfillment team through our training so yeah i've gone from one person sweeping the floors <laughs> jumping on virtual to online sessions during pandemic uh doing the sales yeah doing the marketing and then slowly you can start building up from there yeah i mean so you've done like you know how everything works because you've done all of it right so I have, a, I have a decent understanding of everything. Yes. And I mean, I, I kind of think that's how it should be, especially, you know, as an owner, it's good that you have experiences in all of the little departments within, within your business. Um, so that being said, like, where do you see yourself in your business like three years from now? Like three years from now, I hope to be more removed from the business, seeing things from the outside. Um, <laughs> I will be looking for at least three more acquisitions repeating this model in other areas. Uh, and just to touch on that last point we made, the target for my acquisition is somebody who has so much skill. So, you know, you walk into a gym and the owner is greeting at the front desk and that same person takes you through a great workout, 
and that same person um, is just you know creating so much energy in the gym, but you know that they're probably uh, overworked, mm-hmm. and you know they're probably still trying to do social media between their breaks, and they're still trying to fix equipment. And you know, I, when I find those people, my skill set allows those people to be on stage. So, for example, we never got rid of the old owner once I acquired Fair Three Sixty. He's a great coach, great person for the community. I just put him in a spot for him and do exactly what he should be doing. Coaching, talking to people, having fun. Forget everything else. I'll take care of that, right? Right. So um, looking for more of those opportunities. I know right now there's a great coach who, when he started the business or she started the business, did it because they love being on the floor. And since then, it's hating everything else about the business other than that. And that's somebody I'd want to have a conversation with because my team can help with all those pieces while they can continue to be a rock star, right? Yeah. That's why the gym is not called Baffle 360, right? We didn't change it. We didn't, I, my ego doesn't, uh, I, I love, I love if someone goes into the gym, doesn't know I'm the owner, thinks I'm a great coach. Oh, I had a class with that guy. He's cool. This gym is a really great place. It's really improved over the last five years. And they're none the wiser. I don't need to be, hey, it's my place. <clears throat> right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. So kind of backtracking a little bit just for our listeners. What do you mean by acquisition? So acquisition is an existing company, existing gym that's operational. <laughs> you buy it over, take it over, take it over. Um, specifically, take it over and improve the services that are running. But you change, don't change the uh, brand, the look and feel, unless you feel like that's part of the strategy of improvement. Um, you know, I've been in my gym for three years, but it's been existing since 2012. It already had a good cult following. It had a stickiness. What I realized is that it could probably do better if we had better coaches not even better coaches that's the wrong word more coaches mm-hmm. but the ones you have aren't overworked and you had more coaches that can go into comprehensive training relationships with people mm-hmm. so everyone loves a great sweaty class which the gym did a lot of before i got there right. but can you do a good one-on-one or a one-on-four a nutrition counselor or injury rehab mm-hmm. right we have a chiron physio on site now, right? We have over a dozen strength coaches and we have class instructors. So maybe before you were coming to the gym, prior to me being there for a great group workout, and then you're going across town to a chiropractor and then you kept a commercial gym tag because you still want to do your weights. Um, now you can do all one spot. And, and that was the whole intention of uh, me coming onto the team and acquiring. So I think a lot of gym or fitness professionals, they don't open a gym for the right reason. Hold on, hold on, that's it. Hold on a second. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Unless, I didn't mean to cut you off. Unless that's what you were going into, what do you mean? Um, We think that this is a natural evolution of, okay, I joined the industry, I become a fitness pro, I got to have my own gym, right? But why do you want to have your own gym? Is it because you want to see your name on the wall? Nothing wrong with that. Right. Um, uh, or do you believe in creating an ecosystem where people enjoy becoming healthy and fit under your tutelage? Mm-hmm. Um, if that involves having your name on the wall, then I'll be oh, great, do it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, right? And I see a lot of people spend time and energy into building their brand, but the brand is only about them being their own boss. I believe I always have a boss. My clients are my boss. <laughs> So my thought is, how do I create the best space, the best environment 
that team to serve the best client. Yeah. If that happens that my name is the name that needs to be on the wall, <laughs> but if my name on the wall is going to actually be a opposition to what I'm building, then, then why would I do just for the ego? doesn't make sense to me, right? Gotcha. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you for, for clarifying that for us. Um, just a few more questions here for you. So earlier you said you wanted to kind of be like removed from the business about three years from now. Does that mean you're removed and building other businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So in 2023, like we'll be going into um, building an online structure. And I mean, in 2020, everyone was forced to go into online just for necessity, which we did, but it didn't, I didn't do it based on uh, like proper strategy and planning and what my online experience wanted to look like. I did it because gym closed, right? So I want to rebuild that to complement the in-person experience. I want anybody who's doing program design or virtual or nutrition counseling once a quarter, come into a physical space and meet other people who are doing the same, meet the front desk, meet the coaches. So we want to make it more of an extended hub versus just another uh, online product that you're subscribed to, right? Gotcha. Um, so 2023 will be a time for that. And we have our eye on a few more places to um, essentially work with in terms of acquisition as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the areas for opportunity. Like, what areas right now need work? And, yeah, just, how, yeah, yeah. and how are you going about making those improvements? Yeah, great question again. Um, so again, everything kind of goes from the pandemic hit, because I think that was the biggest shift in the last couple of years. Even from a work a staffing point of view, all my staffing is car contracted. Okay. And I kind of looked at the industry and said, if I come out and say, Emily, you must work for me, you must be an employee, you must work this many hours. In 2020 and 2021, you'd be like, for what? I can just do my own thing because <laughs> the industry became quite uh, democratized, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but I set a pretty loose standard for my coaches. Okay. and said, look, you can work five hours, you can work 25, you can work 45, it's up to you. My support is going to be the same. We do weekly meetings, we do social media shoots every two weeks, um, we do strategy, we do all these things for our associates. Now going into the new year, I'm going to help them tighten that up a little bit more. Um, I think not everybody's ready to be their own boss. I think not everybody wants to be their own boss. And um, our, our system of developing our people needs to be more uniform. That's one of the areas we're working on for 2023. Okay, so system of Developing your coaches into best, better business owners? Better pretend, yeah, business owners. Okay. Um, and then what about from, like, the client um, side of things? Because I know earlier, something that I like that you really said is that, you know, your clients are your boss. So <clears throat> is there anything in particular that you're working on? Could be in terms of just getting more people in the door or just improving the, the client journey? Yeah, I think we want to see more people in multi-services. Uh, so, you know, it sometimes happens where people in personal training don't always see the value in group or class work, you know, because they're working with a coach one-on-one, -on -one, the protocols or the strategies tend to be a little more advanced. They don't always see the benefit of, let's say, doing a bodyweight class or a class that's just bands and lightweight, right? 
And we want them to know that no matter what you're doing one-on-one, you can always benefit from a different style of training. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa. If you're the type of person who loves classes, loves the high fast pace, loves sweat, you can also benefit from slowing down, lifting something really, really heavy. So we have about 15% of our total membership base taking two or more services. We okay. want to up that to about 40. So that that so about 15% of our total membership base is doing multiple services. Mm-hmm. That means <laughs> personal training and I'm doing two crew classes a week. Um, or I'm in two group classes a week or three group classes a week and I do personal training every 15 days. We want to up that to 40%. We want every single person to be doing another service other than the one they enjoy the most. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. So basically... How can you help more people see the value of the other services that you have? Right. Like, you know, if you're lifting a lot of weights, you should probably be in our athletic yoga class. <laughs> you're not going to like it, mm-hmm. but you need it. And if you like our athletic yoga class and some of our movement classes that are lighter weights and, you know, more uh, movement-based, you should probably book a session and learn how to lift something heavy. And that's, the, that's where we're going with that. Okay, good good deal, good deal. And about um, how many members do you guys have now? 110. 110, okay. So with, you know, the 110 people that you do have, what systems are you using to keep track of everything? So class attendance, who's missing a class, who's in risk of potentially, you know, falling out? Yeah, good question. So right now we use a mirror of systems, which is also one of our goals to reduce. My body's still the best way because everybody previous to me Coming into uh, this experiment, you use the mind body. Um, and they love it. It's easy. I hate it, but they like it. <laughs> uh, we use something called FitHive to track all of our clients, our personal training clients, what their sessions are, what their completion rate is, what their vacancy rate is, stuff like that. Um, and then we like a lot of products like Google. Like Google still makes really good products in terms of how we track our, our programming, mm-hmm. our follow up, our calendars. So, we're still looking for that one thing to tie everything together. Gotcha. Okay. And last and final question before we wrap up, what would you say is the best thing about being a gym owner and the most challenging thing about being a gym owner? Best thing about being a gym owner is to walk into the space and see everything the way you saw it in your head, right? Music that's playing, exercise being done, type of people in your gym, type of coaches. That's a great thing to get it from your head onto the court. That's very uh, rewarding. Most challenging thing is it's like, you know, not doing everything yourself and burning out, knowing how to delegate, which is like an art, right? Yeah. Yeah. That burnout, that burnout sometimes is, is very, very real. Um, and I know I keep saying this is the last question, but you keep on bringing up like tech, really good topics. Sure. Um, in terms of burnout, is that something that you're dealing with now? Or is that something where you feel like you figured out like, this is how I need to delegate in order to avoid potentially burning well, out? It's always in flux. So I always look to create a three-month schedule and then reevaluate that three-month schedule. Like, for example, it's Monday morning. I'm in my house. That was by design. And I worked all summer to make sure that on Monday, I could take my kids to school. I can have a little slower start to my day. I can work out. I can answer emails. I can do stuff like this, right? Yeah. So that's by design. But that may not work come January. So January, February, March, I'm going to use a different strategy. So I'm always evaluating it because balance is always in flux, never static. Gotcha. All righty. Well, this is a really good place to wrap things up here on this episode. But 
before we sign out, uh, tell everybody where we can find you on Instagram, social media channels. Yeah, for sure. So the Chim Ferris 360, S-E-R-R-I-S 360. Uh, you'll find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, website. We have a pretty good social media presence on there. Um, myself in Swanee Baffo, you're not going to find too many people with that name. So N-S-U-A-N-I-B-A-F-F-O-E. Again, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can start in TikTok this month too, so that could be cool. Yeah. Um, I, also write, I write a lot of articles for LinkedIn and for something called CanFit Pro, which is our education board, just on the business of fitness and how to you know, make it a very fruitful and sustainable career. It's mm -hmm. going to be very challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. All righty. Well, thank you so much. We definitely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and definitely looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. Also, if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description below. Fill it out and our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Jim Lores out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us is Mr. Paul Thornton of Lakeside Personal Training Studio coming to you from Ontario, Canada. Paul, what's going on, man? How are you today? Doing great. Beautiful day up here. Sun is shining, training some folks and having a blast. Can't ask for more that's why we got into this yes life is good <laughs> i'm excited to dig in paul this is a fairly lengthy tenure that you've had as in the fitness industry at least and even more recently as the owner of this i don't want to paint on your canvas though for people who aren't familiar with lakeside why don't you give us a quick rundown how do you describe what this business is what our business is um and we have steadfastly tried to be a little different within our area, within our approach. Um, for years now, uh, we opened in 2010, um, and our team all have experience that surpasses that 10 years, going on 15 or 20 years experience, working with a qualified client base within Whippy, Ontario, and the surrounding areas, primarily focused on one-person, two-person training. That's our bread and butter and has been for years. Of course, we do some corporate training, um, some small group, and just 
pre-2020, we had launched a active physio and rehab program that is growing alongside beautifully with our personal training program right now. Yeah. And so if I'm to understand properly, uh, a bit higher quality of a service, it's more of a tailored service is probably a better way to word that. We're, we're matching what the client needs. To Absolutely. Yes. Every, every individual that comes in, their program is specific to their, their goals, their needs, um, their scheduling. We really dive in deep before anyone starts with us with a very thorough health history Q&A, uh, believing wholeheartedly that the training side of this is as important as that aspect is. Um, it does not surpass the personal side. And that's yes. something. There is that first word that's important. In that. You know what? And I think so many, uh, myself included, when I first started, I thought, you know what? I like working out. I will be a personal trainer. Underestimated the personal side. Um, it, essentially, you're working hour after hour with clientele with different, not only physical needs, but from day-to-day -day mental needs too. So we help mm. them navigate through trials and tribulations we always say that we're good when our clients are with us but we want to give them the building blocks when they leave our doors hit the parking lot until we see them again we want to know that they're on a, a solid path yeah and so like i alluded to earlier this has been a, a pretty pretty decent tenure by fitness standards you've been doing this for over 10 years now 10 here high level yeah uh 10 here and 10 before so yeah. we're looking at, yeah, so twenty years. The resume the extends. <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah, we've been there at, least, at least within this business, Paul, to kick us off in the right direction. What's been the best part about running this kind of a business, and what's been the hardest part about running this kind of a business? Oh wow! Um, the best part is I get to come in here every day. I get to see smiling faces. Many of them now are my friends. Um, you know, we went to their weddings, we went to, you know, we've become a part of their lives. Um, so family is a strong word, but we have a great core group of people that some of these uh, clients have been working with us, not consistently at all times, but for 20 years, come and gone. So for, for me, to see that impact that that's had on their life, that they know how to get in shape, they know if they've fallen off the tracks, where to come and get a tune up. And just to see now that we have clients bringing their children in, who I met when they were, you know, barely mid-public school, are now graduating yep. university and signing up for sessions. And to me, that's been the, the coolest part. We're on to the next generation. Yeah, it's like generational. So you know you're, you're, you've got a few gray hairs when you're training your clients' kids, but that's been great. The hardest part, and I would say... I think is just understanding the amount of time it takes to operate any business and any business owner will tell you this. And I'm a family man. I have two kids at home, lovely wife. Uh, anyone who's involved in this business understands the hours, the, you know, yeah. you know it, the, this is not your nine to five gig. So no. that for me has been incredibly stressful to raise a family, you know, dovetailing, building a business up almost in unison. So, yeah. And, and personal training, historically, not specific to you, personal training historically has fought this fight of we train people before they go to work, we might train them on their lunch, and we train people after they go to work. And so yeah, even 
as you allude to the hours, it's not even the hours worked, but the total hours invested in this. It's my goodness. My goodness. It is a, and I say this to anyone asking me, you know, about the business itself. And I say, you need to be ready. I think a lot of people, myself included, when I got into this business, I loved working out. I, I knew it was a passion. If I could find something that I could make a living doing, great. I think I completely misunderstood. Um, you know, you hear, I'm my own boss. Well, I quickly learned that it's exact opposite of that. Now you have, typically, if you're working for someone, you're going to have that boss. But for every client you take on, you got another new boss. So now you're not working just for your own entity, you're working for all these people as well and trying to manage that and keep them happy. So it takes a real skill set. And I, I look for that as we hire and as we bring team members on. It's yep. really, can you get through a week of walking people through our sessions and, you know, and still want to do it the next week? Yeah. And so I think the value in this show, Paul, is just as much in learning how to run a good business as it is learning how to be a good business owner. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of work with the end goal in mind, and then you and I can reverse engineer how to get back to today. Do you think at any point that you'll want to take a step back from training so much and, and sort of be the overseer to all of this? Great question. And weirdly enough, COVID provided that opportunity for me. Um, leading up to that, I was your atypical owner, you know, 100 miles an hour in, you know, many, many, many directions. I think uh, the type of people that operate business are, are uh, you know, of a, of a mindset that I can do this, I'll do it. But as an owner, I quickly, quickly realized that I'm going to need some help here. I need uh, all hands on deck because there's just so much. Um, and, and once I understood that, it allowed me to say, delegate a little better. And when, when COVID hit, I was working 30, 35 hours with clients, as well as doing everything else that's required to keep the lights on and what have you. Um, when COVID hit, we had that lull and it gave me pause and time to think and take a look at and some thought to how I might do things differently during a relaunch. Um, and through that, I have a great team of guys here. We sat down early in 20 and said, like, what are we doing here? Do you guys want to do this? And um, fortunate enough that they did. And they have taken on a larger role of the training. Um, and myself having the confidence in them, because I've known them for so long to say, you know what, I've worked with, you know, client X for 12 years, but I have the confidence to hand them off to you. And that, you know, it, it's not always easy because those personal personal relationships are entrenched but I spent you know a year or so just kind of kid gloving clients over to other staff members to open up more time for myself um one for my family it's a second, tough transition oh my and, and I find you know there's so many hours in the day because like you said this business a lot of times you're up at seven in the morning and you're pulling into your driveway at nine at night you know, that's just the nature of the beast sometimes. So to go from that to a complete stop with COVID and then a gradual burn back up. And uh, so I've a lot at 10 hours a week. So I still love it. I still love being on the floor. Um, I love working with people. But understanding that that's not how you're going to grow this business. 
to yep. where you I'm want I'm sure it. that there's plenty of other things that fill your time, Paul. I'm sure we're not only working <laughs> 10 hours a week. No, I, I yeah, it's a 24-7 gig, as we know. It's, you know, you're going to be emails and, you know, questions and answers. And you realize very quickly you work for a lot of people, not the other way around. Yeah. And so we've been able to at least start that process. Big picture this into the future, then. What's the goal from a business perspective here in the next handful of years? Handful of years is essentially goal one this year. Um, and I will actually pop back the last year. We were allowed to open our doors in August. You know, up in Canada here, still warm. <laughs> uh, we were not allowed to bring people inside till September. So we're trying to relaunch um, after being closed for X amount of months and almost years. So starting from scratch almost and build the personal training up. So we called it meet and seats. Essentially, what we're going to do for the first three or four months, one, we want to see if there is still the interest from our clientele base and if we can still sell this. And we were very successful in doing both. So that was how last year was spent, really building back up our personal training program to status quo from where we were pre-COVID. Now yeah. going and, and dovetailing that with our physio program. So uh, at this point, I would say, our personal training program, if it's not as strong as it once was, it's very close. So the next year and the next 12 months is really going to be with the focus on the active rehab program. Uh, it works very well with our setup. We've had great results with our clientele. It allows us to keep our claws into people where in the past it's naturally, you know, you're training someone, they have a little slip on the ice or they develop tennis elbow and then they're off to see the physiotherapist Yep. And then get and we back keep it in house now. Yeah, it's so there's not that disconnect, and is and just seeing the results of having, you know, being able to navigate through those tweaks along as clients as they arise, um, and not to mention the monetary potential for that program is massive. So of course, as the owner, if it's good for the client, if it's good for our trainers, if it's good for me. Like, why wouldn't I go all in? And that's a lot of our eggs are going to be in that basket going forward. Yeah. And so it's, it becomes, and the fitness industry has really gone this way post COVID, but it becomes more of a, a layering on other services, right? Absolutely. It's, it's been an interesting paradigm shift, I would say, of before a lot of businesses focus exclusively on how many clients, how many members, how high can we climb this body count? Yeah. A lot of businesses have really leaned against that and it's okay. Of course, do we need new people? Certainly that's, that's not to be argued against, but let's serve the people that we have at such an exponential level. They can invest in a number of other things because they're going to spend that money somewhere. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we may as well keep it in house. I would rather hear my register ringing, you know, they're going to spend it somewhere. Exactly. So it becomes almost more of a, like you said earlier, a one-stop shop. How do we make sure that we can satisfy all of their health and wellness needs? And, and grow upwards. I, I've looked at it as growing upwards rather than outwards. And, and sure. being having done this for so long, and I'm a big proponent of sitting back, watching, and learning from other people's mistakes, missteps. And one misstep I've seen a few times gym owners make is they think expansion is just opening another facility. To yeah. me, that, and I've seen that go terribly wrong for guys. They have 
it can become such a drag on your success, your initial success. So watching that, I thought, well, now's definitely not the time post-COVID to be looking at that kind of expansion for us as we're just trying to fill the coffers again. But how do we, again, like you said, put as much value under these under this roof as we can for our clients? So yeah, what and, and growing a team that can provide all of these things in a space um, in a community that everyone loves and if we can do that yeah win for everybody yeah so that's it kind of changes how our conversation will look at least but i still want to at least go through kind of the the process of the business side of it this is a fitness business we need fitness business customers it is what it is yep from an acquisition standpoint here paul you've been doing this for quite some time must have done something right. And I'm sure there's lessons that we must have done something wrong, probably. Along Absolutely. The For you to get people through the doors, what's worked and what hasn't worked? Wow, that's a great question. Um, what has worked is consistency uh, with the people that you reach out to us initially. And what I mean by that is when we have someone come in, um, our job at that point is to provide the best possible service. We're old school in that respect. Um, believing birds of a feather. Um, there are only so many qualified candidates in a community that can afford our, you know, it's a, it's a high-end service. So we really stress referrals. Um, and of course, um, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, the social media, all of, and learning about that. When I first sat down here my first day, Facebook was just barely a thing. For businesses, it was just kind of, People were starting to advertise more on. Yeah, the timeline of this is interesting. Yeah, our location, it's beautifully located on Lake Ontario. But to find us, you're not, it's not, you're not going to walk by, you're not going to drive by us. So I was smart enough to understand we need it to be visible. Um, and so I spent my first couple months here learning about things I never, you know, SEO, uh, how, you know, marketing through Facebook, what, like, yeah, you know, skills you never thought you'd use, you know, and, and, you know, I did a crash course on this stuff and, and I, luckily I found it very interesting because I'm a cause and effect guy. I like to, and creativity, um, I look at this place almost as a canvas, so with social media, and it really allows you to put a stamp on your product, be creative with it, throw it out in the world and see what comes back. And when it does, you better be ready and you better provide a service. And we found um, doing that, retention, referrals, some simple marketing, and that's been really key to our success. And I've tried other things, um, you know, sports teams, you know, marketing through them golf clubs, you know, just getting the word out, just putting your name out there sometimes is enough to spark that interest. I'm a big yeah. proponent of just get them, get them to contact us. I'm confident. We That's can really the us. end goal here, right? Yes. Yeah. Nobody, nobody decides I'm going to get all of my leads from Facebook and nowhere else. Exactly. We're going to take leads from whatever source that they come from at the end of mm -hmm. the day. The goal is bodies in the building. It really, and I, there. I learned that um, as we relaunched in August, as I sat here and, well, it was empty, essentially. And I'm thinking, we need to get bodies in here. Now, we had our client base, but some people were not ready to come back, or they were going to trickle in slowly, or they yep. were finishing summer holidays, what have you. So I, um, I went with a, 
hard marketing approach, which I'd never done before, which is third party provider and they throw out just, you know, automate it. I'd never, and I'd always shied away from that. It actually kind of, it is counterintuitive to the way I operate. I'm not a hard sell guy. Yep. Um, but I also understood there was an opportunity as I was watching other um, facilities in the area shutter, close their doors and saying, okay. At desperate need, times, Paul. Yeah, I will put up my hand and we're going to get our brand in front of as many people as we can. Just get me on the phone. And I spent three months talking, you name it. I was getting questions up and down all day long. Um, but through that, we were able to garner the quality from that. Okay. And just to kick off and get the ball rolling. So again, being willing to try different things, I think, as well. Now, would I do that again? Probably not. But it was a learning experience for sure. So for that last segment there, would you do it again? Do you mean, would I outsource it with an agency again? Or would I use formalized paid marketing in some sense at all? I think I would definitely third party it. Um, I, I would want it catered to our brand, our style, not yeah. so high pressure, you know, limited spots available. That kind of stuff irks me as as a consumer. Um, uh, so I, it's just not in my blood to, to sell things that way. But to have a third party provider putting out something a little more catered to exactly what our messaging uh, and again, getting us our brand out in front of as many people as possible. Yeah, I definitely do that again. Yeah. And so I think there's something to highlight there that we didn't explicitly call out, but marketing and sales go hand in hand. Yes. They need to be congruent. Yes. If we're shouting to the high heavens on Facebook, free blah, 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 or 21 days for $21 and then people show up and the sales process is totally different and the product doesn't match and the culture isn't there. Yeah. It's going to cause some contention and people are going to be confused and the numbers are going to show it, right? We're not going to get that, what, that great of an ROI and everybody's going to be upset from there. Well, consistency is king. And of course, when it comes to pricing and continuity from one client to the next, and that's something I've learned over um, over the years of you want to have a system in place and you can tweak it as you go, but you better have a A, B, and C plan for point of contact, consultations, point of sale, yep. right into, you know, let's not waste any time and get you in working out with your trainer and have all the intake paperwork and all the, all the, all the boring stuff done so by the time they meet their trainer you put the trainer in a position they're getting good stuff they get to do what they want to do now um, and as a trainer myself that is something i've really tried to stress here is like i want my trainers training let me worry about you know the marketing the sales it's my job to get you guys qualified clients it's your job to keep them and that and you know and, and that's worked very well for us but that doesn't come without having a great team in place. And again, I've worked with these guys, uh, Peter, 15 years, Steve, 20 years, Cole, I've known for quite some years. So guys you can trust and handing off clientele and you know, they're going to do a great job. Yeah. In terms of that, the specifics of the sales process, it sounds like much of this runs through you now. Is that correct? It does. And, and that's another reason I allotted some time coming back into this 
took a little off my plate on the training side yeah. to really dig in. And of course, looking for new challenges, right? I, I'm not a marketing guy. I did not go to school for marketing. <laughs> as I said, I'm learning as I go. You and everyone <laughs> else in this industry, Paul. Yeah, school hard knocks. Um, I've learned my lessons, but yeah, I just keep grinding and, and, and learning. And I think if you can do that, yeah, we're in How- how are you, or I guess, let me ask the question this way. How has your perspective on sales changed with the greater focus or has it changed, I guess, with the greater focus and greater time investment here? I think, well, of course, numbers play into it. I've allotted this time. So I want to fill that time with viable, qualified clientele um, through the ups and downs of my learning experience, I think I've got a, a consistent formula to bring people in um, and sit down with them, take that time. I look at my role as really to dig deep in on the personal side of it. Of course, people are going to come in with their goal set of, you know, an atypical, I want to lose weight or, you know, drop my cholesterol or, you know, I'm almost type 2 diabetic. I, all of that you tend to you tend to really see over and over and over again doing this long enough so what i really try and do a deep dive on is what has been their why have they failed at this up until now what has brought them here at this moment in time to our doors and have a firm understanding of what that is and what their their driving force is and once we know that it's my job to line them up with who i think can facilitate that um, not just for the short term, but long term, of course. Yeah. In terms of the product of this, I like to ask personal training in semi-private studios like this. Are the, are your clientele, are they signing up for something package-based? Is this monthly membership-based? And, and kind of give us your rationale with which way you went. The way we've done this for years, and this was just the way I, I did it at previous establishments. So we kind of just picked up and kept running. Uh, we sell packages, our, our minimum package is 12 sessions, but we sell up into the hundreds, dependent upon the clientele, um, as well as billing is, and I'm sure you've talked to enough owners, and when we opened here, we really wanted to take a steadfast approach after we've watched other operators, especially in our area, over the many years, uh, a lot of people I've sat down with have those gym horror stories about billing or they couldn't cancel a membership or they got double billed or you know their owner dinged them for two grand because he wanted to head down to mexico um, on their dime so we watched all this stuff as trainers um, so when we started here one of our our guiding star principles was we just want to do this ethically so when i'm sitting down with someone again not being a hard sell guy i look at it as my opportunity to lay out our our format um, and when I say we sell as little as 12, I'll, I'll, I'll break that down to four, you know, um, which, you know, it kind of goes against any sales book you're going to read. The gym industry is famous for lock you in the door, sign your, your life and your first, first born away. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not, that's not how I approach. I, again, I tell clients, I'm just here to facilitate the information, lay out the pricing for you, and put them in the best position to succeed financially, too. And one of my proudest uh, accomplishments here in 10 or 12 years, actually, is not one billing issue, not one. So yep. 
Um, I don't know. Not a lot of gyms I've been yeah, to put that in your hat. Yeah. can boast that. Um, and so I'm very proud of that. We'll, we'll certainly hang our, our hat on that. Definitely. Personal training, Paul, is, is, a, is awesome. And, and the, what you describe as selling packages, every new person we sign up is that big of a financial hit. But then every person that we don't sign up again is a financial loss. You know, we, it's, it's significant because of the pricing scheme behind this. Well, what goes into retention the most for you guys? Quality of service. I truly believe that in building a rapport and relationship that client knowing that that's my guy or my girl, like I can text them, send them a picture of my chicken dinner, you know, is this okay? Like to be their person. Um, and once you do that, I find once that relationship is set in stone, that we're very good at retention. I'll, I'll brag a little bit about that. Uh, again, working with clientele for 15, 16 years, some of them, we may, we must be doing something right. Yeah. Um, and again, understanding that, yeah, if they walk out the door, we have to replace that. And it's not easy to, there's again, only so many qualified clientele. And yep. the way yep. we're set up, um, our guys get paid to play. Um, our, our, our slogan here is accountability is everything. So that speaks to the trainer being accountable to the client, client being accountable to uh, the trainer and myself being accountable to both parties. And I Everybody. find, yeah. and once we take that approach and have that open door policy, ongoing communication, it, it, not that it's easy, but it tends to take care of itself. Yep. And so zoom out on this with me again, Paul. I mean, we, we talked about getting back to, to pre-COVID numbers and growing beyond that, removing yourself from the situation with only training what we want to be training on a mm -hmm. weekly basis. Big, big picture this thing for me. What's, what's the long-term vision you have for Lakeside Personal Training? Well, if you would have asked me pre-COVID, it would have been I'm sure it's a different answer. A much different answer. Uh, but you know what? I did have some time to think, and and through this, I had side doors along the way where I could have chose to go out. You know, shut the doors, take my stuff elsewhere, maybe go online. Um, I had to make a decision, um, and my decision was based on if I'm going to do this and put my personal stake in this, you know, financially on the line this, you know, investment of time, the only way I'm coming back into this setting is if I can help more people. And through that, um, not just with fitness, I have a background in addiction. So it's weird how things lead that not only now am I focused on the personal training side of things, building our physio program, I'm actually in talks with a few different people on building out uh, an application to help addicts and people uh with that background so again it's it, and tying that all in in one fashion or another to maybe what we do here maybe not but and, and then just growing lakeside i think exponentially year after year and making sure our our key people are happy that's kind of my as i woke up this morning that was my goal that's kind of my guiding star star right now is to how can i help more people Yep. And, and not only 
clients, but you know, by opening up some time, I can help my family a little more. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's a lot of layers to this The community. Right. So, uh, you know, given enough time to think I've, I've dug myself many holes to <laughs> dive into <laughs> over the next few years. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> if I ask you that question in three more years from now, it's probably a totally different answer. I, you know so. what though? I hope it is because for me, complacency is a killer. Um, yeah. and I like to move forward and uh, self-driven as, as most business owners are. So I, and again, doing this for 20 years and loving what I do, but thousands upon thousands of hours of doing anything. Um, if you're not looking for a different challenge, I, I don't know. To me, that would become soul sucking. So, yeah, that is a tremendous place for us to start to wrap our conversation up, Paul. Cool. Well, with the few minutes that we have left, I really want to just say thank you and acknowledge. I love when business owners are willing to kind of give us a peek behind the curtain and, and talk about what's really going on. And so I can't thank you enough, man. I'm I'm excited to see what the future holds for you. But as am I. <laughs> as am I, yes. Uh, I appreciate it and I wish you nothing but the best. I appreciate that. And and back at you. Yes. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.